I get buckets. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Blue Wire Buckets podcast. This is episode number six for us. I am Dan Favalli, co-host of the Hardwood Knox podcast, and I am joined tonight by Andy Liu of the Light Years podcast, both of which can be found on Blue Wire. We do not have a third. I guess everyone was scared to podcast with us tonight, but how are you doing, Andy? Doing good, man. Doing good. Favalli. Favalli. That is a hell of a last name. It's people ask me how to uh, do it phonetically all the time, but when I do radio shows, there are ones I've done for years where they get it wrong, and I'm just not I'm not brave enough to correct them. So I get Fayville, I've gotten Favale. It's Favale just, is what I would have said, just because it seems like it's well, Javale, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's fine too. I mean, maybe it's like a, a Yaval or something. Maybe the F is silent. <laughs> Favali, though, I would have never guessed that. So there you go. We're off to a rocking start. Hey, if no one could tell, this is the first time Andy and I have ever done anything whatsoever together. So <laughs> the takes and the chemistry are just going to be so off the cuff. Um, I think the one we have Nuggets Spurs to talk about, but I think we should talk about the game that happened recording this on Thursday night on Wednesday night. Uh, your Warriors kind of shit the bed against the Clippers with no, no, no disrespect to the Clippers. But that was a game that everyone just assumed the Warriors were going to win. And yet here we are. That's one of two series in the first round that that made it to a game six. That was probably the most embarrassing game by the Warriors this season uh, in a long time. Worse than thirty one points that they allowed the Clippers to come back. Well, well the thirty one points. Great question. Um, <laughs> they could probably go one A one B, but with the thirty one points, I mean. It kind of makes sense. It's like, well, it doesn't make sense. They blew a 31-point lead. Uh, and we're talking about we blew it in, like, not we, but they blew it in, like, a quarter and a half. We're not even talking about, like, three quarters or anything like that. So that was embarrassing. But this, I mean, that was losing focus. That was that's, It happens a lot with the Warriors. But this one, just coming into a closeout game, absolutely mailing it in like it was a regular season December performance, was really one of the most pathetic things that I've seen from this team in a while from Steve Kerr, not playing his guys as much as he should have taken Kevin Durant out, taking, uh, taking Kevin Durant out at the end of the third, when he was hot, taking clay out midway through the first. And then Steph Curry, just not shooting the ball the entire game, essentially, even though he was shooting it well, um, and defensively complete joke, (laughs) a complete farce, um, uh, in terms of playoff defense or any type of defense, just an effort from top to bottom. It's just like, what do you, like, do you expect the other team to just not give up? I, I really don't know what they're expecting. They just seem entitled at this point. I'm a Warriors fan, man. I'm a Warriors fan. And that was really one of the worst things that I've seen in a long, long time from this team. My my two questions there is one, and this might be more of a plea. Can we just – can there be no point in any game where they have Draymond Green, Kevin Durant, and Stephen Curry on the bench? Uh, there have been – outside of garbage time, I looked this up. There have been 40 possessions where neither of those three – none of those three have been on the court – that's too many. Like, I just, that's your three best playmakers I don't understand. And my second question would be, what happens if there's a game seven? Like, I don't think anyone would expect the Clippers to win, but that that's ultimate chaos. <laughs> uh, would I be surprised if there was a game seven? Probably. Um, do I, do I kind of expect it to happen? Probably not. But I mean, 
can it happen? Yeah, I mean, sure, absolutely. <laughs> the Warriors at this point, the Kerr has has hit a point with the players where I think he doesn't like coaching them anymore. The players don't like getting coached by him anymore. And it's just one of those things where you play together for so long, it's not even disease anymore. It's 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 just they're just sick of each other. And I think the players are who they are, and I think Kerr is who he is. He's not changing his game plan. He's not changing the way he coaches, at least not on the fly, right? So, like, he doesn't do anything within the game that really changes. He just kind of goes with the game plan. It's kind of like what Popovich does. Hey, I do this, this, and this, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. There's no adjustment. There's no, you know what? I am just going to play KD more here. He really just sticks to what he does, and the players aren't happy about that. Um and I forgot the first question. <laughs> oh, that was, can we just get rid of any sort of minutes where Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry, and Draymond Green are all on the bench at the same time? Oh, yeah. Right. That should never happen. It's just, it's regular season rotations, man. That's what they've been doing all year. And here's the thing about the Warriors. They're so arrogant to the point where they really don't adjust matchup-wise to anything. Like, you know how, like, James Harden, he'll, he'll screen someone and then he'll go at them for, like, eight straight possessions till the other team changes something like the Warriors will literally never do that because they feel like if we can do what we can do, then it doesn't matter what the other team can do. Most of the time it's right, but other teams are good now. Other teams are better and the Warriors aren't as good as they used to be. So uh, the arrogance and the the lack of urgency, all that stuff is adding up. Now they're playing game six against the Clippers team that should have been out in four. And you, you mentioned the whole just wearing and grading on each other within. Did you see the, the video today of Steve Kerr wanted the music turned down for his media session and then Draymond Green had the Warriors turn it up and Kerr was just so frustrated. It's just peak like family been around each other for too long and and they, they all hate or hate each other, but they're all just infighting. Yeah, I mean, I think that Steve, I think Kerr and Draymond have that type of relationship. I think you don't worry about that as much. I think with I think it's more KD um, and Kerr and some of the stuff that the team has to do to keep uh, KD happy and to keep Kerr happy, that kind of makes this really a, a less enjoyable place uh, to play basketball, really. I, I think I think KD wants it to be his offense. I think Kerr has tried to push back a little bit. I think it it's gotten to the point where just it's really hard for the team to play happy basketball together, which is what you know everyone's pretty used to for the last you know four years. This is my last question on them, I swear, and I know it's been talked about ad nauseum, but is there a part of you that wants to see Durant leave so that you could see – uh, Curry, Green, and Clay, assuming he resigns, just go up against, like, actually have a chip on their shoulder, or maybe some of that joy comes back because I feel like that's the point I reached by the end of last year. I think, well, as a fan, I, I you always want Katie to come back for sure. I think winning, right. winning comes first. I think, however, him coming back does require certain things, certain things to happen differently, which means if Katie is back. I I doubt that Draymond's back. And so if that's the case, then the offense becomes more uh, catered to Kevin Durant, more catered to the point where it doesn't take away as much as it should against Steph uh, with Steph Curry. Because I think that if you have Kevin Durant that wants the ball and then you have Draymond that has to have the ball because he's pretty much useless without the ball on offense, then all of a sudden you got Steph Curry as a third option. And that's the problem right now. Um, and they can't seem to figure that out. Uh, so I think if they kept Durant, then you've got an offense with just Steph, Durant, and Clay, and all of a sudden it's just Steph and KD running plays all day. That's what you want. Um, but I, I hear your point on the Steph, Draymond, and Clay uh, trio coming back. I think is probably the likeliest scenario. 
I think that is probably what's going to happen. And uh, I don't know, but I don't know. I, I don't know if that's going to just automatically mean they'll be as happy as they were in 2014-15. I think, man, there's just, just a bunch of grading that's happened in the last couple of years where I don't know if they can come back from. Yeah, and I guess, too, with Draymond being extension eligible, that could cause, if he doesn't get one, that could cause some uh, drama whether or not KD leaves. The presumed, since I'm just, we're gonna both still going to assume that the Warriors make it to the second round, <laughs> uh, they will be facing the Rockets, who beat the Jazz 100-93 to on Wednesday night. Uh, do you have, Utah's done, I don't even want to talk about them, they just couldn't make open shots. Uh, now people think Donovan Mitchell's like Rodney Stuckey or a taller <laughs> Kendall Gill, shorter Kendall Gill or something. What are your impressions just of the Rockets at this point. It's actually, you're a great person to ask. As a Warriors fan, do they do they concern you at all as much as they did last year, maybe even more so than last year, or are you less uh, concerned about them in a potential seven-game series? I'm, I'm curious to hear... I'm curious to hear what you think about the Utah defense, too, and how people guard James Harden, but... I'm not really concerned about Houston, the way they play and the way they look. I, honestly, they don't look that great. Like They kind of look just the same as last year, but worse defensively. Um, and I don't really worry about James Harden and Chris Paul. I don't think they're that worrisome. Not that the Warriors are doing a great job on Lou Williams, by the way, but <laughs> um, I, I just don't see Houston as being able to beat the Warriors, but the Warriors can absolutely beat themselves. Absolutely. Like I, I think the Warriors can for sure kind of just choke away a few games, which is what they have against the Clippers, and just kind of implode. I, I absolutely see them imploding, and I can see Houston winning in six. Um, but in, if we're talking about actual play on the court and, and if both teams are locked in, uh, it's just going to be kind of the same as last season. Like It's just something that should have ended in five or six. It's just something that shouldn't have stretched to seven. But I am curious to hear about your 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 D your thoughts on the Harden defense and what teams should do with it because it's crazy like the way that teams are going about it and we saw that with Steph a few years ago where they just straight up threw doubles at him at half court but this Harden thing looks even crazier. Yeah, it's it's annoying to watch. There was just it was towards the end of the game uh, between the Jazz and the Rockets of Game Five. There was just it got so egregious where Ricky Rubio was like not only behind Harden but it was like inches or a full foot behind him and so it's still sort of weird to watch that being said when you look at the alternative I'm not completely against it and I mean the Jazz in those final three games uh Houston's offensive rating was only 100.3 so if it's gonna work it's it's gonna work it's just so egregious and again it's not I still don't find it fun to watch and I think it's counterintuitive to all we know about particularly half-court defense but when you look at what James Harden is able to do when he's allowed to to step back. And if you're able to force him um, to the one side of the court, I think you almost have to employ it. The Warriors probably don't just because I think their personnel is a lot different than Utah's or even a Milwaukee's. But I would, again, if it's going to work and you, if the Jazz would have hit any open shots, you know, this could have been a series that went six or seven games. So I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm, I'm all for it if, if it's going to work. Again, it just seems counterintuitive because you're giving some of Houston guy, Houston's guys a lot of wide-open looks. But to that point, and the hot take has become that the Rockets might be more dangerous this year um, than last. I don't. I, I think they're probably close to as good as last year now. Their defense really improved after the All-Star break. That being said, Chris Paul, even when he's healthy, has been more of a wild card, so I don't view them as as much of a threat. And that's also, I think, why the Harden defense might work is because you're forcing other guys to make shots. And if you can't necessarily count on, you know, Daniel house to shoot a high percentage from three every night or Chris Paul to do well on his floaters every night, that there's 
uh, th- there isn't a, a valid argument to continue doing it. I am interested to see how the Warriors do approach it, though. What? How, how about this? Do you think the Rockets are fun to watch? Do you think they're entertaining at the very least? I think I am entertained by the Rockets. They, would, okay. if we were to rank the most entertaining or most watchable teams, I don't know that they're on it. But I, uh, and you know, this is a little bit of it is just born from Steph and what he's done over the last five or six years. I just enjoy seeing really complicated shots or ridiculously tough shots on the perimeter. So James Harden's step back threes are going to to fall into that. And while we haven't seen as much of this. Uh, this season, when, when Chris Paul gets switches, like when whether it's a big or if it's just a taller wing, and he just gets that gleam in his eye, I like watching him and Harden really try and just break ankles and bruise egos in, in the half court. So they still, I know a lot of people don't find it aesthetically pleasing, but I think the Rockets do it for me more so than they do for most others. Yeah, I guess I'm biased too, right? <laughs> so I'm not, not really going to be the one to ask. I just find them... Like, if you were to market the NBA today, and I know we're not really talking about this, uh, and we're going to get to the nuggets here, but um, if you're marketing the NBA today, I just don't see how you market Harden and, and the way he plays basketball as, as something that people care about. I mean, like, I, I, LeBron James, like, that's what you want to see. Like, a high-flying guy, super, super smart, uh, just fun to watch. Steph Curry, same thing, right? Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard now, Kevin Durant. Like, these guys are, like, fun to watch. And you got James Harden, who's all over there, who's just pounding the ball 50 times and flopping his way into 20 free throws. Like, I don't think that's what you want the NBA to be about. And I, I think it kind of shows in terms of popularity for James Harden, both off the court and, and to his peers. But that doesn't take away from the fact that he is a fantastic basketball player, uh, though I don't know how great he is in the postseason. Um, because I watched that Jazz series and I was not impressed. Uh, and it's the Jazz are great defense, but it's Royce O'Neal, man. That's not Andre Iguodala. <laughs> it's Royce O'Neal. I don't know who Royce no- O'Neal is. Actually, he was a warrior. He was a summer league warrior. But it's just not not. I don't know. I, I'm biased, so I'm not the one to uh, not the one to ask. I guess. It's so if you took away. Let's just say he didn't get to the line as often, and he was going to take more step backs. Is that more watchable to you? Is it just the ground and pound into the lane type style that rubs you the wrong way yeah i think it's the latter i think it's the monotony of just hey here are three things that i'm gonna do and i'm gonna do this every single time and they're all so effective right that there's nothing anybody can do about it but is that actually fun to watch rather than is that effective would be my question yeah, I could see the argument of he's he's an analytical dream but artistical nightmare type That's deal. a great way to put it. That is um, if, I had a, if you had a pick, and I'm going to make you pick, or ask that you pick, I don't want to make you to do something <laughs> our first podcast together. Uh, Warriors-Rockets, what is that series going to, and then who's winning? Oh, boy. I would probably go – I would. I mean, I would for sure go with the Warriors, the, the homer yeah. that I am, as people know. Um, I'd probably go in six. Uh, I think – I think this team is a road team. I think they probably lose game one, and from there, <laughs> and and then it's just it's it's just a, a crap show from there, and they'll probably end up winning like two in a row, uh, or three in a row even, and then they'll close it out on the road just because this team is a mess and they love to make things very difficult for no reason, and they did that last year. These Warriors every year should be like uh, sixteen, seventeen. They should be rolling through sixteen and one, but that's just how basketball goes, man. With the talent that they have, they should be doing it. And uh, they can't seem to find a way. And last year they were pretty miserable, still won a championship. 
This year, they're even worse. And now they're going to game six in the first round. But I think end of the day, they're still going to win. I think they're still the best team by far in the league. It's just they just don't seem happy uh, behind the scenes. So, you know, it's it's tough to watch. I think that's the correct take, and Warriors and Six would be my pick. But if they, if for some reason, if Game Six with the Clippers is too close, or they get to a Game Seven, I could just see the Warriors rolling through the Rockets in five, where it's a situation where they got that close, too close a call in the first round, and they they flip the switch and they just they steamroll the Rockets because they know that's like their last legitimate threat, at least until the NBA Finals. I thought you were gonna say the opposite thing. It's funny that you say the other way, and and honestly, you're probably right. Like these Warriors are so funny that you're probably right. They, they let's say they go to seven and come back home against the Clippers. They get so scared and they're so locked in by then that they do turn it up for the Rockets and they don't turn it off. <laughs> and uh, I can see that happening. I, I think this is a team that it, they turn it on for game one and then they turn it off for game two and then they literally shut it off mid game. Turn it back on for game three and game four. <laughs> shut it off again in mid game five. It's ridiculous. Like it's the postseason and they're still flipping switches. That's just something I don't think you can see from a, I don't think you're going to see that from a basketball team in a long time. Uh, I, I think with it's just how cocky this team is, how talented they are, and really how lazy they can be. <laughs> that, yeah. That's it's really what it, it's not a good thing. It, it's a good thing, but it's not just just from the way it's like you toy with bas- you toy with the basketball gods as much as they do. They're going to come back to bite you. They already have one time. So the. Other series, and probably the only one that's going to give us a Game 7 in the first round, Spurs-Nuggets. Spurs, I mean, it was close for a little bit, or at least until the fourth quarter, and then the Spurs ran away. Uh, The final score was uh, 120-103. I don't – one, who is your pick for Game 7? And and two, how do you feel about this series? Because I'm kind of torn. I'm happy to see Game 7, but so many of the games have been not close near the end that it's like – it feels like an artificial seven-game series. Dan, back when I was a blogger, uh, I would ca- I would call I would call myself loving this series hipster fandom. I this was my favorite series going in. This was a fascinating series to me because I truly had no idea who would win. Like I, I just I I wouldn't get which I is co- so bizarre in a two seven matchup. I know it's the West, <laughs> but still. Yeah, I mean every other series you would be like, well, I mean, I'd probably go with Portland. I'd probably go with the Warriors. Like I'd probably go with the Sixers. Like all these series was like you kind of know who you're who you're going to pick, at least you'd know one or two games in. Even after game one, I still had no idea. I think after game six, I have no idea. Who who can you bot, like? Can you actually make a, a guess, an educated guess, and say, I'm confident right here. I put $100, you know, that the Nuggets or the Spurs are going to win in game seven. I have no clue. I'd probably go with the Nuggets. Yeah, the Spurs Just, have been trash on the road this yeah, year. That's so. honestly probably the only reason, right? And And you would expect that guys are going to make threes at home. It's probably what I'm going to go with. Jokic looks like he's he's figured out what the Spurs are doing. But, man, is it, it – here's my thing. Is whoever wins the series going to be in the Western Conference Finals? No, I, I, all right, so here's where I fall on this. And I actually – I think if the Nuggets face the Blazers, I might pick the Blazers. Um, oh, wow. They're deeper, and I think they're more dangerous than the Spurs overall. But if you look at San Antonio, then you look at what – uh, Portland has been able to do San Antonio has the single best defender to go up against Damian Lillard of these two teams in Derek white. And that's just probably what, what I would want to see. I think they're probably better suited to neutralize what Portland's been doing on offense better than the nuggets are. And that probably sounds stupid. And the other thing for me is, I mean, the Spurs shot profile is just 
it's it's ugly, but it works for them. The 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 thing about them though is they have so many guys that I think you can look at and trust to make a big shot. Like yes, you, if you want the ball in DeRozan or Aldridge's hands, that's fine. But th- you can have Derek White, Rudy Gay, Patty Mills, Marco Bellinelli, even if it's just off the catch. Like those are guys you trust uh, to to have the ball or to shoot in crunch time. And I don't know that the Nuggets are going to feel especially good about as many players in in those situations. So that just might be my stubborn respect for the Spurs and also how cool, or at least for the content that they trade Kawhi Leonard and then get back to the Western conference finals that very next season. Mm-hmm. And I can see Toronto losing in the second round. Like it'd be, it'd be really that would funny. Be hysterical. It would be really funny if Kawhi doesn't get out of the second round and DeMar DeRozan. No weaker conference, no less. Yeah. I, w- I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Sixers beat the Raptors. It would not surprise me. No, we're not talking about the East, but I know Kyle Lowry is good from time and again, and people get really happy when he when he has a good uh, playoff game. But I don't trust that team. I don't, and I don't trust the Sixers either. So I don't trust anyone. <laughs> I, Kyrie, I guess, is is what I'm, and I love the Bucks. So that's probably by the Bucks who are probably who I, I would pick. But I mean, yeah, back back to the um, back to the Nuggets. I it's crazy how bad the other side of the bracket is uh, in the West um, because I don't, can you see any of those teams beating a healthy Bucks team or the Celtics or I guess the Raptors? Like I would pick any of those teams to get out of that bracket, right? It almost feels like the Warriors and Rockets are, I don't think That's they're the Western conference finals. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I don't think that they're playing to win the championship though. I think that if the Rockets make it to the title, I think one of those East teams could beat the Rockets for sure. I think they play a style where James Harden's gases out and Chris Paul gases out or gets injured. Why not? Why wouldn't the Bucks beat them? Like why, why? Like I would probably favor them. Right. So it's like, right. It, it's probably a good thing that for the Rockets that they're playing the, the Warriors second round. I, I think on the Nuggets side and the Spurs side, I, I just, I think that bracket's so weak that Dame has a chance to kind of put himself as like the second best point guard or whatever. Um, which, which is fascinating, man, that that other side of the West is fascinating. So are you just picking the Blazers no matter who comes out of this series? I'm, I go back and forth. Um, after what Dame did in the first round, I think it was great, but I don't, I, I actually think that, um, I actually think that the winner of the Spurs and Nuggets wins that, uh, wins that matchup. I think, oh, wow. that, I, I think that Dame is shooting a, I, I don't think that's necessarily sustainable. Uh, I don't think that you can re- necessarily rely on Mo Harkless, Al Farouk Aminu, and Enos Cantor. Like, I mean, come on. Uh, you were, they were playing an extremely low IQ Thunder team. Russ Westbrook was awful. Paul George was hurt. Like, I, and, it, and it took that to beat him. I, I don't know. I, I think a Nuggets team uh, that's, I would think, deeper, in my opinion, um, can beat the uh, can beat the Blazers, and I think the Spurs can probably do as well. Um, I I think that was a little fluky by Portland. I don't know. I might be in. I might be the bad guy here. I think that was a little fluky. Well, I mean, they are missing their second best player yeah. in the regular seasons. So I don't know. Yeah. I, it, could, it could definitely be fluky. Um, I think that about covers it. Though I'm very interested to see Game Seven. We both hedged in that situation. I <laughs> I think we both lean toward the Nuggets, but that's just the whole series has been just a toss up. Games you expect one team to win, they lose, and uh, vice versa. But That'll do it for this episode of, of Blue Wire Buckets. Uh, be sure to follow Andy on Twitter. He's at Andy, K-H-L-I-U. And you can definitely and should definitely listen to him on the Light Years podcast. You can follow me at Damp Valley and also check out the Hardwood Knox podcast. And also don't forget to follow Blue Wire on Twitter at Blue Wire Pods. Um, until next time.